going on, everybody? It's your buddy, it's your pal, it's Pass Phoenix, the YWC Reality Check, and this is the preview for NXT Roadblock. The, uh, I don't even know what we call it. It's not a pay-per-view. It's not a premium live event. It's barely a special episode of NXT, but it's an excuse for me to talk about NXT, which I haven't done in a while. And who knows when we're going to talk about NXT again before we get to stand and deliver on WrestleMania weekend. There's a lot of things happening WrestleMania weekend. There's obviously WrestleMania night one and two. There's stand and deliver. There's the ROH, whatever it is, show. And then you've got the New Japan Impact uh, Multiverse United thing that I think is happening on a Thursday. So just, you know, WrestleMania weekend lasts all week now. But this, for all intents and purposes, is designed to set up for that show. I'm not going to lie, though. I don't know how this show sets up for that show because I've got a lot of, of uh, what do you want to say, like middling opinions on stuff that's going on in NXT. Now, there's awesome people in NXT, don't get me wrong. Neither one of them has a match on, uh, on this particular show because it's very, very preliminary. But let's, let's get into it. We can get, get a bit of conversation out of it anyway. Dijak versus Tony D'Angelo in a jailhouse street fight. What's a jailhouse street fight? They finally... Uh, confirmed on social media that it's basically a casket match except instead of throwing somebody in a casket you're throwing somebody in a jail cell so I'm predicting they're gonna pull out one of the pods that they use for war games and just put it on the stage and whatever the case may be it's strange because these two have been so tied to Wesley and the North American Championship and Wesley's doing his open challenges now let's uh, take a minute to uh, to uh, pay some respect and pay some attention to the open challenge that he had that was answered by uh, Nathan Frazier last week because that was fucking awesome. My thing, not a prediction, but what I hope we get is another round of that at Stand and Deliver because that deserved to happen in an arena. Dijak versus Tony D'Angelo. I mean, Dijak is sort of like cop gone bad adjacent and Tony D'Angelo is a mobster and Stax is there as well. Uh, people are speculating that Stax is going to turn on Tony D. If that happens, then we get Tony D versus Stax at uh, Stand and Deliver, and I don't know what the fuck we do with Dijak. Because here's the weird thing about that. Obviously, they want us to perceive Dijak as a monster. But if Stax turns on Tony D and costs him the match, then Dijak is the winner, so Dijak should get something. But all that gets us is Stand and Deliver with Tony D and Stax. I don't know who you put up against... Dijak, honestly, I really don't, and I and I like him this time around. I do. I think the people that are like, "Oh my God, he's trying to be Kenny Omega," because he wears a jacket and sunglasses, are still ridiculous. But I don't know. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who you put up against Dijak at Stand and Deliver, and I would like to see him have a match at Stand and Deliver. So I don't. I don't know what to what to make of this, but I am going to say, I am going to go against the grain, I don't think the Stax thing is happening, and I think Tony D'Angelo wins, I'm probably wrong, I'm also going to go out on a limb and say that this opens up the show, and uh, it's weird trying to uh, trying to line out, line out a show and, and say what's going to go on first and what's going to go on second, because I've got my pay-per-view head on, but it's not a pay-per-view, so... It is what it is. Andre Chase versus Joe Gacy. Joe Gacy's winning because the dyad and the and the schism uh, are the story. And Andre Chase University, like that whole gimmick, is funny whether he's winning or losing. Schism is only an effective gimmick if they are having an effect on the people around them, as that's the nature of their gimmick. I do think uh, 
Ava Rain or Ava, as they're, they've taken away her last name, and people are freaking out about that, but because that's what wrestling fans on Twitter do. I think this is all going to come down to um, Ava Rain is going to attack Thea Hale again. It's going to take Andre Chase's attention away, and Joe Gacy's going to get the win, because, gimmick aside, Joe Gacy's pretty fucking good. And I do like the fact that they're not walking around like Jehovah's Witnesses anymore. They've all actually got ring gear again. Here's the thing, is you've got... Uh, you got Joe Gacy, you've got uh, the other guys, the guys that used to be called uh, the Grizzled Young Veterans, I don't know what they're called now, one of them's got the Kane contact lens in, it's fine. And you've got Ava. Now, they're going to find one more person. Hey, maybe, maybe it's Dijak, who knows, I don't know how you make that work, but whatever. Uh, it's going to be Andre Chase, uh, Duke Bloody Hudson, uh, Thea Hale, and somebody else taking on all four members of the schism at Stand and Deliver, that's my opinion, and you don't get to that without Joe Gacy and the Schism having an even worse effect than they've already had on Thea Hale in uh, in this match here. Now, what you have to do as well, you have to decide who that fourth person is, and you have to keep the uh, the uh, tensions between Duke Hudson and Andre Chase going at the same time. So there's two stories sort of within themselves. So by the time we get to Stand and Deliver, either Duke Hudson has made his heel turn, Kind of like stacks. I don't think it's necessarily going to happen just yet. Uh, and you do Andre Chase versus him at Stand and Deliver, and you figure out the schism stuff afterwards, or they stick it out long enough to get to Stand and Deliver, where, I'm sorry, the schisms still win, and then post-WrestleMania is where Duke Hudson leaves Chase University, and, and you go at it from there as a post-WrestleMania storyline. Um... Either way, a whole lot of win for the schism, so Joe Gacy wins here, and if they're fighting at Sin and Deliver, Joe Gacy's team wins there, too. I don't know what to tell you. Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, the, the, the split of Toxic Attraction that was really, really, really predictable, and also Toxic Attraction without Mandy Rose isn't really Toxic Attraction, is it? Uh, the thing they did with Bailey on NXT wasn't the worst thing in the world. Uh, the mishap with the door uh, not going the way they wanted it to go and uh, JC Jane taking that boot square in the face uh, was a little bit dirty. Uh, Gigi Dolan coming out with some, uh, some emotional promo work uh, talking about what apparently is some very real, uh, real life history stuff from her past, talking about her mom being abusive and her sharing that information with JC Jane because they were so tight as a tag team, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's a better version of the Wardlow haircut story. I'm sorry, it just is. Uh, I like Gigi Dolan when she first came into NXT. I, I don't get what JC Jane is. When, um, when Gigi Dolan and a bunch of people in that NXT class came in, and when they did the the women's tag team tournament, they started her out with as, as a tag team partner. It was Gigi Dolan and uh, Cora Jade um, in that tournament. And that tournament took place on 205 Live, when 205 Live was still a thing. And then when Toxic Attraction became a thing, they had swapped out Cora Jade for JC Jane because Cora Jade was staying babyface, and well, we see how well that's gone. Um, it's going to be a no contest 
It's going to be a no contest or JC Jane's going to cheat. It's going to be some sort of controversy to get these two to one more match at Stand and Deliver. And I feel like I'm saying that a lot, but that's okay because you can have a round one and you can have a round two. Look at Undertaker and uh, and uh, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Not saying that these two are Undertaker and Shawn Michaels before anybody fucking says anything. But I mean, uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane, they need to do something. They're not a tag team anymore. They're not going to be in the title hunt anytime soon. If they had stayed as a tag team, I would have said bring them up to the main roster as a tag team, which almost happened, did it not? And then they pulled back on it, and then other stuff happened with Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons, and we don't need to talk about it, because that was because of some really, really shitty rules that were in place at the time. Let's just say that. You can't wrestle. You can't come to work today because you haven't let us stab you. Just just putting it out there. Just tossing it out there. And yeah, it was because it was happening in Canada, and that doesn't make it better. That doesn't make me feel better about it. Like Just putting that out there as well. Um, but yeah, we're going to get these two in another match at, at Stand and Deliver. Now, I will say, there's been a rumor going on, and it was mostly because of an interview with, uh, with Finn Balor that says post-WrestleMania, the, the Judgment Day was going to get more people. And I said, at the time, if you're going to add more people to the Judgment Day, I don't think you need to, but if you're going to add more people to the Judgment Day, you've got basically three choices. I said you got J.D. McDonough, you got Cora Jade, or you've got Liv Morgan, uh, which is an outside shot after the match on SmackDown with Rhea Ripley. But Gigi Dolan wouldn't be a bad addition to Judgment Day. I'm just putting that one out there. So if she wins and goes up, or loses and goes up, however you want to, however you want to phrase it. Um, wouldn't hurt my feelings either. At the end of the day, whether it's uh, whether it's this week or whether it's at Stand and Deliver, I do want to see JC Jane come out on top because I still don't know who the... Or sorry, I still want to see Gigi Dolan come out on top because I don't really know who JC Jane is. I know she's trying... Like, here's the thing. I'm not insulting her. I can see that she's out there and she's trying to do something. I just don't know what that something is. And that's the difference between her and Gigi Dolan, where Gigi Dolan came out and her promo was for some people and not for some other people, but at least at least she had zeroed in on something that she was trying to do. So throw Gigi Dolan up on the main roster as part of the Judgment Day. Leave JC Jane in NXT because that's what NXT is for. Let her find herself. Uh, maybe let her go after Roxanne Perez in a little bit. Who knows? We got a trios match. Yes, for the AEW fans out there, I'll say it again. Trios, because you don't own language. Don't be strange. Uh, it's Braun Breaker and the Creed Brothers versus Jinder Mahal and Indus here. Um, I mean, road to WrestleMania stuff here. The NXT champion ain't losing. I'm just, I'm just putting that out there. This match exists for the Jock team to win and for Carmelo Hayes to finally get a chance to come out and stand face-to-face -face with Braun Breaker and set up the match for Stand and Deliver that we know is coming. Because the last little while, every time uh, every time uh, Carmelo Hayes has tried to come out and like sort of stake his claim and have his first face-to-face -face with Braun Breaker, it's been interrupted by... by um Grayson Waller and all the shit that he's trying to do to get attention where he did the big thing where he was in the where he was in the production truck and he cut off the show and all that kind of thing. Um, we're going to talk about that in a second, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, this is this is precursor to Braun Breaker gets the win, probably with a spear, stands there triumphantly, not only with his championship, but with the Creed Brothers as well. I said this in a fantasy booking thing a while ago, Braun Breaker and the Creeds as a trio of, like, ridiculous jock energy guys 
makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, it, it exists solely so that Braun Breaker can be out there, so that Carmelo Hayes can stand by, make the, make the challenge, make it official, uh, and we can have our first big announcement for, uh, for Stand and Deliver. I do think as well, though, that this is going to set up the creeds to uh, branch off off of the success of this and challenge Gallus, because I do think the tag team title match that you're going to get at Stand and Deliver is the Creed brothers representing uh, Diamond Mine, whatever's left of that, taking on Gallus. I think that's going to be a great match. I know people are out there saying we can't be fans of Gallus, and those people are very, very strange. Jinder Mahal's there to lose, and in this year, I don't exactly know what they're doing. I like them as a team, but I don't want them in the title match on the biggest stage of them all, NXT version. Roxanne Perez versus Mako Satamora, big babyface versus babyface, respect versus respect match. Roxanne Perez, the brand new champion who kind of unfortunately and awkwardly benefited from the release of Mandy Rose. Not her fault. I like Roxanne Perez. I saw Roxanne, I've said, I've said this before, I saw Roxanne exactly once before when she was Roxy. She came to Impact to drop the ROH championship to Deanna Perrazzo because she had just gotten signed by NXT. I really like her. I think you could put her on the main main roster tomorrow, but I do think that they're doing this as a passing of the torch thing to Roxanne Perez for whatever she's doing at Stand and Deliver. Um, people are saying it's going to be Tiffany Stratton, which I like Tiffany Stratton, don't get me wrong, but uh, why? I don't understand. I don't get it. It's it's fine, but I don't I don't get it. Um, I would love to see Roxanne Perez take on any one of my favorites. Let her take on Sol Ruka, let her take on Isla Dawn, let her take on this new sort of possessed heel, um, Alba Fire. Uh, I would say Nikita Lyons, if she wasn't, you know, injured and whatever, in whatever that storyline is. Um, I would love to have her face Indy Hartwell and have one of them go up, either hot potato the title to Indy Hartwell to uh, to get Roxanne, Roxanne onto the main roster earlier, or give the belt to Indy Hartwell, let her run with it for a little bit, and, um, and uh, yeah, sorry, go the other way around. Have Roxanne Perez retain, send Indy Hartwell up, she can go do stuff with The Way with Candace and Johnny and all that kind of thing, because that's when she had a lot of character, when she had them to bounce off of. Either way, it works, but also everybody's saying all these accidents in the parking lot are going to be because of Indy Hartwell, so if this is to solidify a heel turn on her part, then maybe nobody goes up. I really don't know. But I do know Roxanne Perez versus Mako Satamora is going to be a hell of a match as long as they don't give it a bullshit finish. I mean, if they want to redo this at the pay-per-view, that would be fine as well, but I don't know, and I don't know what they're doing with the with the tag team titles either. They've got, uh, right now they're on Fallon Henley. Ah, actually, I do know what they're doing. Fallon Henley and Kiana James are probably going to take on Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley, or Eladon and Alba Fire, or have a three-way. Not like that, you weirdos don't be weird. Now, the other selling point of this show isn't necessarily a match. It's the Grayson Waller effect with Shawn Michaels. And I touched on this a while ago in the pod that I did, you know, 10 great matches that aren't confirmed for WrestleMania yet. This was sort of like my honorary mention because it's on NXT. Now, I'm going to sort of repeat what I said back then, but there's three options here. The really fun option is 
Shawn Michaels comes out of retirement, has one NXT match, puts one NXT match on his resume, has some kind of smoke and mirrors little brawl with Grayson Waller at Stand and Deliver, and uh, you know it's a great thing for Grayson Waller. He gets to beat a Hall of a, a certified Hall of Famer in Shawn Michaels, which is kind of cool. My next option after that was for him to pick somebody who clearly would make sense to be his surrogate. My choice was Johnny Gargano for two reasons. Grayson Waller was the guy that beat Gargano's ass all the way out of NXT, so there's story there, but also it's ridiculously public what a fan of Shawn Michaels' Johnny Gargano is. They Both he and his wife have come out for events like Royal Rumble in Shawn Michaels' inspired gear and all that thing. It would make all kinds of sense. Shawn Michaels could do it himself. He could choose Johnny to do it for him. A third choice, which I get, which I understand, and I know a lot of other people are excited about, it's just not as exciting for me personally because I don't know the guy, is that Shawn Michaels might use this as the opportunity to introduce the NXT audience to Dragon Lee. I have nothing to say about Dragon Lee. I am not familiar at all. I don't know whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. It's just not one that I'm invested in because it's not a person that I know. Would it be a fantastic way to immediately say, hey, Shawn Michaels, the history and the legacy that he has, has chosen you as his surrogate to face Grayson Waller, who's probably the best heel out there right now, not named MJF, um, to be part of this big WrestleMania weekend show? Yes, huge, gigantic. Let's go all in on this brand new guy to our brand. I get it. I understand. It's like Cody Rhodes winning the Rumble. Cody's not my guy, but I get it. Uh, Dragon Lee isn't even somebody I know, but if they want to give him this kind of springboard, I get it. It's a good idea. It's just not as fun for me. It's really not, because I think, A, Gargano getting to come back to NXT, getting to get his revenge on Grayson Waller, getting to fight on behalf of his, you know, hero, I'll say in tight air quotes, his legend, his mentor, his whatever you want to call it, is a really cool story. And I'm sorry, I don't care how ridiculous it is, Shawn Michaels himself versus Grayson Waller is something I want to see. If we don't get it, I'm going to be kind of bummed. It is what it is. I've given you all three choices, and you're kind of spoiled for choice. If the result is, no, you're not fighting anybody, you've been a dickhead, and I'm your authority figure, and you're suspended, that would kind of suck, because uh, then you wouldn't have Grayson Waller on the pay-per-view, but I don't think they're going to do that, because, you know, it's not AEW, there's no cocaine in the boardroom. Sorry, you're not going to get a decision that bad. Anyways, this has been a quick ramble for a show that I don't know what's going to happen on, and I've come here just to say I don't know what's going to happen a bunch, but occasionally when I don't know what's going to happen, I don't know what's going to happen is the answer, guys. Tell me what you think. Tell me what you think of Roadblock. Tell me what you think, more importantly, about what we're going to get at Stand and Deliver, because I don't think anything has been made official for that show just yet. At least we have three or four matches now confirmed for WrestleMania. Um... Tell me what you think about that. Tell me what you think about our road to WrestleMania so far. Tell me what you think of all the other shows that are happening WrestleMania weekend slash week. And I guess I will talk to you guys later. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there, talk down there, start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.